bless the Lord on today, amen. And I don't know about anybody else, but we are excited to be in the house of the Lord. For the children that are here, we have children's church, children's church is opening, amen. We bless God for our young ones, amen. Children's Church, amen. Amen. You better get excited when they run the Children's Church, amen. Because if we are not on our post correctly, they will be running to something else in the next couple of years. And some of what they're running to, they will be running to, we might not be able to get them back from. We like to tell you that they might get out there and we'll get them back. But the reality is many grave yards are full of people that we never got back. Amen. And so when we see them excited, amen, amen. Yeah, we, we stop them from running, but we're excited about them running to Children's Church. Amen. One more time, let's just give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Over the last month and a half, we've been dealing with this sermon series, uh, Childish Grown-Ups. And while I'm talking to pastors all over the world, literally all over the world, on a weekly basis, and we're all experiencing what people are calling a new normal. And so churches aren't as swole or as filled as they used to be. Uh, and the reality is, one of my great friends and brothers in the Lord, Pastor Jarber, said something on social media the other day. He said, the church hasn't changed. So why is the church changing because of what's happening around us? I got a problem a problem with those of you childish grown-ups uh, is that Cameron I got a problem with you childish grown-ups who can get to Walmart three times a week but when it comes to church you you're worried about your health I got a problem with you childish grown-ups that can make it to birthday parties and cookouts and and let's just be 100 about it. You can be at a funeral that might have 300 people in it. You don't know all 300, and if you did, you still ain't spent all your time with all 300, so you don't know who got what. But when it comes to church, I have issue with you game-playing childish Christians, and not just here at the Unity Worship Center, but for every church that is preaching Christ crucified, shame on you, for this childish game that you are playing, that you are playing with God, that you can get everywhere else you need and want to be. You make it to work, but you can't make it to church. Oh God, it is time that you grow up. And the reason why the church is anemic, the reason why the church is operating in low caliber power is because we are too 
connected to people who have not understood how serious this is. This is your soul on the line. And not only is it your soul on the line, it's the soul of the people who are connected to you on the line. And I just want to say, not just for you childish grown-ups that attend the Unity Worship Center, but you childish grown-ups that attend church all over the world, if your church is open, you shouldn't be watching me. You should have your tail in church. Andy is not your God. Andy is not your pastor. You understand what I'm saying to you? You should be in church. Amen. And the church said amen. amen. Hallelujah. You shouldn't talk like that. You might lose some of them. They wasn't with us no way. In, 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 in the storm, you see who's 100. In the storm, you see who's real. And those of you that are out here sick and, 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 and you're compromised, I get all of that. But don't be compromised in Walmart. Because if you can be compromised, if you compromise but you still make it to Walmart, then be compromised in the house of the Lord. But if you're at home every day and you, you, your, your groceries is getting sent to you and you, you know, you're doing the all, you know, all of what you're supposed to be doing and you don't come here, I ain't got a problem with you. But if you're playing a game in church, if you're playing a game about God's house and you know if you are, then shame, shame on you. And it's time for you to grow up. You're everything that's wrong with the churches all over the world. Amen. And the church said amen. amen. Hallelujah. As I said, for the last couple of, well, about a month and a half, close to two months, we've been dealing with this, uh, this sermon series, Childish Grown-Ups. And we bless God. We got Pastor Johnson in the house today. And we bless God that he's come over to fellowship with us today. Amen. We've been dealing with this... Uh, Sermon series for the last month and a half, Childish Grown-Ups, and I promise you that every time I try to walk away from it, the Lord brings up something else. And in this series, we have been dealing with uh, being able to know the signs of when you are around childish people. Or more importantly, when you might be the childish grown-up yourself. Over these last six weeks, we have dealt with everything from speech to last Sunday's sermon, which was speaking on being impatient. In fact, through the impatience of Sarai and Abram's refusal to man up, we learned that there is a war that will exist until the end of time. And I just want to say before I go on, you have to know how to trust the promises of God. You have to be intentional about trusting the promises of God despite what it is and despite how long it's taken that promise to pass. Abraham waited 25, 26 years on the promise and some of you can't wait 26 days. Today I want to deal with what I feel like is the biggest problem in the 21st century church. And you often hear me refer to, uh, refer to different things that hinder the church as one of the biggest. But I believe that this is the biggest because there is so much, there, there are so many different branches that come from, from this root. And it stops basically all progress of the Christian. And, and this is going to take some, some explaining. So my prayer is that you focus so that when we leave here, we can all have an understanding or more of an understanding of what it is that we need to do. 
And the first scripture and focal scripture that I want to deal with today is in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 16. We're going to be rocking with this out of the ESV today. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 16, and the Bible says, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save yourself and those that hear you. Lord, have mercy. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Keep a close watch. Don't be worried about everybody else. You need to be worried about you. On yourself and on the teachings, persist in this. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. May God add a blessing to the hearers, the doers of his word. The apostle is writing one of his final letters to his son in the gospel, Timothy. And in this letter, he is speaking to his spiritual son in a hurried fashion. The apostle Paul understands that his time has come. He knows that he doesn't have much time left. And what he's doing, he is hurrying his conversation with Timothy because he knows it's almost over. And, 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 and what I mean is Paul is about to die. And you often see people when they are about to pass away, uh, you know, you, you often see them request certain people uh, that they were close to because they have some very important things that uh, they want to say to them before they leave the earth realm. It, it, it could be as simple as just, I love you one last time. Or it could be a challenge for you to be what you were trained to be and what you were called to be. And this is where we find Paul, uh, though, though he's in no hospital bed and there is no chronic disease that can't be cured. He's not suffering from COVID-19, but, but because he is a believer of God and a follower of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his faith has positioned him for death. But what he has is a serious relationship with God. And because of that seriousness, the seriousness of their relationship, along with since day one, he's been God's A1. Since day one, God, uh, since, since God had Ananias touch him and receive him as a brother, Paul, who is no longer Saul, has been faithful in every way. And because of that faithfulness, God has given Paul the revelation that this one you're not going to walk away from. You're not going to get out of this, this prison sentence. The first one was, was kind of like, you know, some of y'all probably ain't been locked up. And, and you know, I made a career of it. But, uh, you know, you know the, the first one was kind of like house arrest. You know, you, you, get the, you got the monitor on and you can still flip your remote on your TV. You go fix yourself a sandwich. You can still, and you can't get off the porch, but you can show have everybody come through the porch to the crib. You understand what I'm saying to you? It's locked down, but it really ain't so bad. But this one, this time he understands, yeah, you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it out of this one. Don't you love that? Don't you love that about Paul? Paul knows that his end is near. He knows he's about to be headed, but he's not boohooing. He's not bitter. He's, instead, he's busy. 
still busy doing the Lord's work. And he tells Timothy something powerful in 1 Timothy 4 and 16. But before I read that, can I just go ahead and, 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 and say don't waste time being bitter. Bitter gets in the way. Bitter blocks you from being better, having better. Everything isn't going to play out the way that you want it to, and everybody's not going to stay with you, but you don't have time to be bitter. Paul had no time to be bitter. He wasn't wrong, but he wasn't bitter. (laughs) I, I, I can understand if Paul was upset because for real, for real, Paul did not, he did not deserve what it was that he was about to go through. But Paul's not bitter. He's busy, and he tells Timothy something. In 1 Timothy 4 and 16, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching, persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and the hearers. He tells Timothy to keep a close watch on himself, and I want to pause right there for a second and deal with that. Watch yourself. Paul is telling his young student what I'm trying to stand here and tell you today. Watch your selves. One of the biggest problems which stems from the biggest problem is that we are not watching ourselves anymore, especially the leaders, especially the pastors. In a day where social media, where everyone, especially the pastors, is so busy trying to be relatable, they've neglected to be responsible. And a sure sign of immaturity or childishness is when you neglect to be responsible over the things that you know God has put you over. One of the biggest reasons our kids are shooting themselves dead in the streets is because of a lapse of parenting. I know you don't like it when I say things like that, but it is a lapse of parenting. That is one of the biggest reasons why we're losing losing our teenagers. It ain't because they black. It ain't just because they black. (laughs) what about the white teenagers that's shooting each other dead so it ain't got nothing to do with color it ain't ain't all to do with color There's, there's some parenting issues in there as well it isn't the only reason but it's one of the biggest reasons parents aren't parents like parents in the past And parents in the past didn't have it all right either, but what they did do was make time for their kids. They were responsible for us. And I come from a generation, I don't know about y'all, but I come from a generation where if mama and daddy was too childish to fend for you, you know, you had Gigi and big mama and nana now, and they, they took care of you. They didn't let you just fall by the wayside because your parents wasn't stable. Nowadays, the average grandmother is 35. She ain't booed or bayed up, and so she ain't really got time to be keeping the kids. But don't you know it was at grandmama's house that I learned how to read? It was grandmama's house I learned how to write my name. It was grandmama's house I learned how to spell. Where are the grandmamas today? Today, we got grandmama in the club with daughter. And they done rented a crack here to watch the baby. We're trying to figure out why we got so many problems. In the 80s is when I entered high school. And as I entered into high school, sex became more of a serious thought. And it was in the minds of those as well that went to school with me. And it wasn't just the males, but it was in the minds of the females as well. 
And as a consequence, I began to experience a lot of my friends becoming parents as teenagers. And it would drive the older grandmamas crazy. And a phrase I always heard growing up uh, that I would hear the grand folks say was, babies are out here having babies. Now, when I was younger, I just thought that older people were upset because young people were messing up their futures by having children too early. But now that I'm a, I'm a little older, I understand. I realize, while yes, that was a part of what they meant, but what they also meant was that these young people were too young to be having kids because they were still far too immature. That's why grandmothers have the baby more than their mothers. And the baby of the mother, oh Lord, have mercy. And the mothers have to darn near hunt the fathers down just for pampers and milk because they're too young for this type of responsibility. They still need to be cared for themselves. They're too childish to have children. We in the church have neglected responsibility as well. Too busy trying to be relatable. And Paul, Paul tells Timothy to keep close watch on himself. And then he tells him, and the teaching. And he wants him to do this so that if he, as he checks himself and as he checks the teachings, if his life is not in alignment with the teachings, then he realizes that he has a responsibility to get himself together. So here, oh Lord, have mercy. Here, here's a problem in the church, not just unity, but church in general. We know something with us isn't right within ourselves, and we try to find anybody we can to validate and justify our mess instead of getting in the word and letting that word check us. One of the biggest problems in the church is that folk know they foul and won't do nothing about it. Folk, folk, folk know they foul, so, but, but they talk about everybody else, so, so we don't see the foul. Don't you understand you wear your foul like clothing? You can, you can post all you want to. I know you a mess. You can gossip all you want to. We see you a mess. Because if your wisdom stems from anything than the word of God, then you ain't working with no wisdom at all. Oh, God. The word gives us, the word gives not just a warning that we need to get it together, but it tells us how to get it together. And just let me be very clear in here. And getting it all together, all roads lead back to the cross. You can't get yourself together on a road that don't lead back to him. Be very clear. You can achieve all that you set out to achieve. You can purchase your dream home. You can drive the fancy car. You can live what seems to others to be the American dream. But without God, that peace that surpasses all understandings, it just isn't possible. Without God, that joy unspeakable is unfathomable. Without God, you won't make it to heaven. And if you don't make it to heaven, then you're only left with hell. Lord, have mercy. Don't get this thing twisted. You cannot get it all together until you get back to God. Yeah, there's going to have to be a part two to this. Oof. Paul tells, Paul tells Timothy, keep watch. No. He says, keep close watch on yourself. When you think about the word close, you think about, uh, Kev, come here, you know, yeah. Uh, when you think about that word close, you think about up on, next to. Uh, 
you know, back in the day when they said, you know, when he was trying to court a, a young woman, you know, uh, you know, they say he's all up on me. He's, he's playing me close. What, what Paul is saying is that he's, he gives this, he, give, he wants you to have this visual. I want you all up on yourself. Keep close watch on you because if something about you ain't right, you need to get it together. Thank you. The problem in the church today is that we're too busy watching. We got a close eye on everybody else. <laughs> we, we got a close eye on the churches across town. And we, we got a close eye across, you know, let's just be 100. We got haters in the church. We got close eyes across, across the room, but we ain't got a close eye on ourselves. We ain't got a close eye on ourselves. Oh, Lord. Jesus said, look, if, won't you worry about the log you got in your eye while you tripping about the speck that you see in my... Oh, God. I'm going to preach that soon. I'm going to leave it there. He tells him to keep close watch on himself. He's saying to Timothy, be on guard of you. Be on guard of yourself. Pay close attention to when you begin to operate in ways that's not you. That's not how you've been trained. And most of all, that's not of the word. Let me tell you one of the problems. See, you notice there's a whole lot of problems. I keep saying, let me tell you one of the problems. You know why? Because there's a lot of problems. And the reason why we got a lot of problems is because don't nobody want to fix the problems. Don't nobody want to solutionize. Everybody just want to talk about everybody else's problems. But if you would just sit down for a minute and talk about you, my God. He says, when you begin to operate in a way that's not of you. The CSB says, or the Christian Standard Bible says, pay close attention to yourself. The church would be far more, a far more powerful entity uh, uh, if the people who claim to be the church would pay closer attention to themselves. Satan has been successful in keeping so many of the saints' attention on everything but themselves. But if the church would do as the Bible say and judge themselves, take inventory of ourselves and be real about what it is that we find, we'd be so much more powerful. In the natural, in the natural, no grocery or retail store would ever be successful without keeping proper inventory. Kroger's can't see that they're running low on beef but not order more. You, you can't see that you're running short on peace and, and, and not begin to deal with that. You can't see that, that you're running short on patience and understanding and not do something. Let me tell you something. When you're always around people and people are asking you, what is wrong with you? When people are looking at you and shaking their head all the time. When people sit back and say, look, everything could be smooth if you get yourself together. When people are saying that to you 24-7, maybe you need to listen and get yourself together. Everybody ain't lying. <laughs> Everybody ain't lying. When the closest to the furthest person from you telling you about you, everybody can't be lying. And when things like that begin to happen, it's free to just check you. But if you don't, it will cost you so much. What's truly crippling the church is when 
the people that are connected to it won't be real about where they are. See, can I just go ahead and be 100 about this thing? And I don't mean to offend nobody, but if it offends, then, you know, my spiritual father used to say, if you throw a rock in the bush, the only one going to say, ouch, is the one that got hit. Amen. <laughs> What's really crippling to the church is when people that are connected to it won't be real about where they are. You know, when, when, when. See, see, so, so some of the people in the room, in this room right now, ain't saved. <laughs> Can I go ahead and say it again? Some of the people in this room ain't saved. And let me just go ahead and make it more plain. Being saved ain't important either. Uh, be careful about that. When you pastor people who aren't saved and they're not concerned with it. And if you don't do something about it as a pastor, it begins to be blood on your hands. See, 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 what we've got to stop doing is we've got to stop being pastors all over the city and all over the world. And see, because where I come from, you remember when you was down the street and you said something you wasn't supposed to say and, and, and your friend's grandmama heard you? You know what used to happen? You got spanked all the way home and then when you got home when you got to the house that neighbor or your friend's grandmama or mama told your mama or your grandmama what you said or what you did and guess what you got spanked again and you didn't just get spanked you got grounded but see the problem that we have in the church today what we're having in the crypt with the problem that we're having in christendom today is everybody's so busy trying to fill their churches they let mess slide so they can get Wish you would come over here trying to play games. You're going to get spanked all the way back to your church. And I'm expecting your pastor to spank you too and then sit you down because you don't deserve to be in the leadership position that you find yourself. We're going to clear some things up in here. Amen. The problem in the church is for too long we've had too many people in the church that ain't saved. And being saved isn't important. And, 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 if, and, if, and if being saved was important, then you wouldn't be in sin. And there is never a good reason to be in sin. But being in sin isn't an issue to some of us. And some of you are working in the church, Lord have mercy, and not saved. And it's our fault, pastors. Don't let it be your fault. We have a problem. Oh, God, go ahead and talk about it, Pastor. We got a problem with the homosexual agenda and how they have come against the church. And how, but it's the church's fault because they could play the keyboard. We didn't say nothing. We, we acted like we didn't know that there was a spirit on that individual. You understand what I'm saying to you? Because they could play. And if you said something to them, then you'd mess up the praise team. So you let them sing and play all gay and everything. And you never said a word to them, but you want to get on the girl that's got a, sh a short skirt who sits on the third row. You got a problem with the weed smoker who sits in the back of the church minding his business, but you ain't got a problem with the young man that's confused about his identity playing right in the face of everybody in your church. And we're trying to figure out where things went wrong. Trying to figure out where things went wrong. Titled up in the church, not saved. The Bible says having the form of godliness. You look like the real thing, but you're not. 
talk like the real thing, but you not. Sing like the real thing, but you not. Preach like the real thing, but you not. And every church has them. Imposters, deceivers, game players. And I'm minded of the Bible when the Bible says God is not mocked. I wish you would have just went ahead and went all the way ghetto with it and finished that verse out. And was like, keep on playing with me. That's what I wish he would have wrote. God is not mocked. Keep on playing with me if you want to. See, I'm not preaching from a place of I've never messed up. You understand what I'm saying to you? And I've just been in the word all my life. And I just, and ever since I got in, and ever since I converted from Islam to Christianity, and I was a Muslim before I ever went to prison, let's get that straight. And, but, 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 but I'm not preaching like since I've been in the word, I done did it all right. No, 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 baby. I, I had to fall a few times. You understand what I'm saying to you? And grace had to become invisible to me to where, you know, he, he's there, but you can't see him there because he's not a, making himself available to you like he used to make himself available to you when you was obedient to him. And I don't know about none of you in here but the worst thing that can ever happen to you is to be in the presence of God but on the strength of your own silliness foolishness and folly you come out of the presence of God and God act like he ain't gonna give it back ain't no worse feeling you can lose all your money but you don't want to lose his presence you can lose some family but you don't want to lose his presence you can lose that job and you might lose that car, but baby, let me tell you something. You don't ever want to lose his presence. You understand what I'm saying to you? And you can lose his presence and, and, and have the ability to get it back. But to get back in the presence of him, it ain't as easy as it was the first time. It, it ain't as easy as it was the last two times. And all of a sudden, God will get you in a place where he'd be like, what am I worth to you? That's what worship is. It ain't got nothing to do with your singing and your stomping and snotting around. It's got to do with do you know my worth? It's an old English term, my worth-ship, W-O-R-T-H, my worth-ship. What is my worth in your life? Because if I'm worth something to you, then you would get yourself together. God ain't going to get you together. God ain't about the most. God, 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 in fact, can I just go ahead and say this? God ain't moving no more. He moved. When Calvary was done, all the moving was done. It's time for you to move. We need God to move. No, no, you need to get yourself together and align yourself in alignment. Oh, God, get yourself in alignment with the cross and you move toward him. But he's done moving. Ain't no more moving. He's so cold that when he did it at Calvary, everything you need, everything you deserve, everything that he desired for you to have is already in place for you. That's why, baby, you see, you looking at this thing backwards. You looking at it from the beginning to the end. Oh, my God, you don't hear me. But he's looking at you at the end. My, y'all, I don't got time to explain it. But he's looking at you from the end there. You understand what I'm saying to you? That's why some of you have gotten away with some of the things that you've gotten away from because he's looking at what he created and not the mess that you are right now. Lord, have mercy. God is not mocked. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, but I've just been through too much to be connected to folk who don't mind displeasing God. In this season of my life, I don't know about you. <laughs> used to be a rap song to say, if it ain't real, it ain't me. And if it ain't, watch this. And if you ain't real, stay away from me. And Timothy said, watch this. Oh, God, did you hear me? If you ain't real, stay away from me. <laughs> 
because for what it is that he has purposed for me to do, for this run that I've, for this race that I've got to run, I can't be connected to silly Candyland, you know, baby Christians. I ain't got time to be playing around with people who want to prophesy and accept prophesies. You know, how you gonna how he gonna bless you with all this and you and you are what you are? Oh Lord, I, I'm trying to act right in here. I'm. I'm <laughs> Oh, Lord, have mercy. I think we just, <sighs> Timothy said, keep close watch on yourself. And then keep close watch on the word, the teachings, the doctrine. And if you aren't in alignment with that, get yourself together. And then he says this. He says, persist in this. <laughs> you see that? He said, persist in this. Uh, uh, in, in this version, it says persevere in these things. In other words, what he's saying is continuously look at you and look at the word. And if it ain't right, do something about it. You know how I know we ain't got a whole lot of Bible readers in the church? Because there's too much foolishness in the church. I don't know about you, but woman of God, when I begin to read the Bible... And the Bible began to show me what I wasn't and who I wasn't. It became important to become everything and in alignment with everything that that word said. You know why? You know how you ain't got a whole lot of people in the church reading the Bible? Because everybody is too many people doing their own thing. Are you reading and you ain't understanding? And either way, it is no, you have no excuse of that in this ministry because we got too many ready teachers. We, we overextend ourselves saying, all you got to do is ask. Ain't nobody going, we got time to be prophesying. Oh, you don't understand that the Lord told me you don't understand. Be so. No, 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 no. Now open your, you, hey, you, 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 did, you didn't shut up for that stimulus, did you? You checked on them taxes, didn't you? Yeah, let me tell you something. When I, when, I paid, when I paid my final child support, then you hear me, and they took that child support one week out the next week. You hear me? I was all on that phone conversating with them. When you want something, you talk about it, don't you? But see, I got a saying. I got a saying. We do what's important. You can't be saved without the word. I'm in a season where I'm through calling people man of God and woman of God. You understand what I'm saying to you? Because everybody ain't men of God and everybody ain't women of God. And what we're doing is we are faking people out and we are putting them. And what we're telling them is I excuse your foolishness. I know you ain't saved, but I'm going to call you a man of God. No, no. When, I'm a, when you are a man of God, that means that you are a man of his word. You under, not, did you hear what I said? Not a man of your word, but you are a man of his word. When you are a woman of God, you are a woman of his word. And the problem that we've been doing, we've been running around here calling everybody man of God and woman of God. You understand what I'm saying to you? This ain't meatloaf and potatoes, baby. Everybody can't have none. You get this title because you walk this walk. Showed me about a month and a half ago. I'm sitting back calling somebody high in my face, woman of God, man of God. Smell the weed on you. And I'm calling you man of God. The devil is a lie. We got to stop playing these games. Can I just go a little further? You can't be not saved but saying gospel. How are you going to not be saved but singing church songs? I know it was the blood. No, you don't. You think now you know it was the bud. 
know nothing about no blood. You knew something about the blood, you'd be walking a whole different type of a way. Let me get on out of here. And then he said, persist in this. The word persist means to continue steadfastly, firmly in a course of action. And, and then, and, and, and then the, the, the cause of action that we're speaking of is the keeping close watch of yourself. You are consistently, you are to consistently keep tabs on where you are. If sin begins to make sense to you, something is off. Something is wrong. If you've been delivered from the spirit of gossiping, but all of a sudden you find yourself a little more willing to listen to gossip, something is off. And you have to be careful about, so you, say, I, you know, I ain't been saying that. And I didn't spread it. I just listened to it. You got to be careful about listening because after so much of listening to the mess, all that's left to do is spread the mess. Watch yourself. If you, if you find yourself all of a sudden, you know, not telling the whole story or switching up parts in the story, but you know that you was delivered from lying, something is off. And you have to be persistent and consistent about knowing where you are. If you know where you are, the, oh God, if you know where you are, then you will know what you can't stand. And the reason that some of you get, keep getting caught up in the madness is because you didn't and don't know where you are. See, 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 when you are a childish grown-up, you don't care to know or even want to know certain truths. But when you are spiritually grown, you want to know what you need to know about yourself, no matter how bad it is, because you've got to get that thing right before God. I always trip when I hear people say stuff like, I ain't going to the doctor. I don't want to know. What's wrong with you? What do you mean you don't want to know? Something wrong, I don't want to know. But you got children. You see how irresponsible that conversation is? If, if, if you don't know you got cancer, guess what? You can't fight cancer. Uh, then by the time you find out you have cancer, it's done spread all through your body. Now you're asking God for a miracle on a body that he gave you but you was irresponsible with. Talk to me, y'all. God just helped me, but you, they told you you was diabetic, but you keep eating sweets. God, I just need a miracle. No, no, you need discipline. You need to learn how to be obedient. You didn't need a miracle. You need a miracle now, but what you first needed was discipline. Lord, have mercy. Then we run around here trying to figure out why God won't bless the body that we cursed. The body that he gave us, but we cursed it, knew we was cursing it, and cursed it anyway. Then when it got to the point where it's ready to break down on you, now you're asking for a miracle. If some of you would just take inventory of self, you would find out that you were a tad bit parched. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, let, me, let that sink in. If, if, if you would take true inventory of yourself, you, you, and I'm giving you a hint, you find out that you were a tad bit <coughs> parched. Uh -huh, uh -huh. You, 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 you know, let me make it plain for the hood. You, you know that you was thirsty. And that's why you keep getting played. Because you got a needy spirit that you need to be delivered from. But you don't want to, you too busy, you, you, you too busy trying to be needed. <laughs> Or are you looking, you look, oh, let me, let me get out of it. No, no, get on back in it. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? See, 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 you ever notice needy people don't know they needy? Everybody else just foul. 
I'm going to say it again. Chapter 2, wasn't it? Wasn't it chapter 2? It was a chapter 3. Dog or dumb? Yeah, my book, Dog or Dumb. Was he a dog or was you just dumb? Chapter 4, real dog, real dumb. Was he just a real dog or was you just real dumb? Come on, let's talk about it. Tell the truth. Some of us need to understand. And, and hold on, don't get this thing twisted. Don't get this thing twisted because women ain't the only ones that be thirsty. Oh, God. You ain't working two jobs for no reason. Because if it was a struggle involved, she wouldn't want you. Oh, God. <laughs> if some of us would take inventory of ourselves, we'd know that we had a needy spirit and it needs to go. But eight lovers later, you used up, worn out, damaged property, and all of a sudden you want to know why. Look at yourself closely. The last clause of this verse is powerful. Give it back to me in the ESV. Are we back in the ESV? Yeah, yeah. I'm done. Last part of this verse is powerful. And it's powerful because everybody in here is connected to somebody. And it says, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Now, we got to understand that First and Second Timothy are pastoral books. So he's talking to his son who is a minister of the gospel. But I believe that, you know, we can all eat off this plate. Amen. He says, he says, by doing so, if you will keep close look at yourself and persist to do this, constantly do this. By doing so, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. Some of you don't know, but you have a pulpit in certain places that you go. Some of you have people in your life that won't listen to me, but they'll listen to you. You understand what I'm saying to you? There's an old saying that goes, some of you are the only Bible that some of your people will read. My question is, what will your pages say? See, 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 how is it that we're we're so saved, but people who are closely connected to us are still so messy. How is that? My spiritual mother asked me a question one day that blew my mind. I've shared it with you before. I'm going to share it with you again. She said, what is it about your Holy Ghost that demons are comfortable around you? What is it? What is it about your Holy Ghost that, 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 that a lying spirit? I want, I want the type of power that when I walk in a room, I make everybody uncomfortable. Good, get it together. You see, I, I want the, I want the type of power that, that that in the midst of the of the of the dirty joke, when I walk in the break room, everybody just stop. Uh, uh-uh, we got we can finish this. But but we've got we've got pastors that sit back and 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 people will cuss in front of them and say they'll say my bad and they'll say are oh, you okay? Ain't nothing okay. You don't no no no. You write your bad. Because greater is he that is in me. There is something on the inside of me. There is someone on the inside of me that you better not ever disrespect with your mouth. What are we running around here telling people it's okay? Ain't none of that okay. You, you, because of who you have in you, because of who you have in you, there's supposed to be a higher standard when they are around you. They shouldn't be around you. And can still be foolish. 
They shouldn't be around you and still be able to be spiritually childish. And, and, and if you are running around here and you are doing, you know, I was talking to someone on the phone last week and I said, you know, we got this thing where, you know, we got these comedians and I know, you know, we all laugh and we all have a good time. But, but hold on. But, but, but you better stop making fun of how God, of, of how people praise God. People are becoming millionaires, making stupid videos because somebody got delivered of cancer and they danced their heart out in the pews. And now we got people running around here making fun of them and trying to figure out why they can't get delivered from nothing. God is not mocked. Running around here and we're, 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 we're liking videos and, and sharing videos of people who's playing church. We got men dressing up like women, acting like sisters in the church, and we are supporting it by liking it on social media. But then when we're going we're gonna to sit back and say, but I got a problem with homosexuality. You ain't got no problem with a man putting on a dress, acting like a woman, right, and, 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 playing, and playing roles in the church. Or you wouldn't like it. And don't get this thing twisted. I have nothing against, I have nothing against homosexuals. I, have no, I love everybody. I don't like spirits. And I got to stand strong. I got to stand strong in that. You understand what I'm saying to you? But I love everybody. And the Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So if I got issue with you, I ain't got issue with you. I got issue with that thing on you. You understand what I'm saying to you? I can love you, but not like the wrong about you. Lord, have mercy. And because I'm connected to you, don't mean I got to like the wrong about you. Because I'm connected to him, I can't fool with the wrong in you. Ooh. You don't get to pick and choose on how you're going to be holy, when you're going to be holy, when you're going to keep the word, how you're going to keep the word. You understand what I'm saying to you? And it's time for us to stop being childish. It is time for us to stop being childish and keep close look. The biggest problem in the church, this is going to be a part two, is that we know it and won't do nothing about it. Won't do nothing about it. And you wonder why they don't fool with us. You wonder why they don't fool with us. We, we mock our own. They speak in tongues. We make fun of it. But somebody is having a heavenly conversation. And we make fun of it because we don't understand it. They get healed, shout through the whole room, and we make fun of it. Go through the hell that they went through before the healing and then see if you make that same fun of that person. Given, given, given God what he's due. Shame on you. Shame on you. You have made it easy for the world to disrespect God because you disrespect God. And we got to deal with this thing in the church. The world going to do what it's doing because it's the world. I got issue with you, with these jokers in the church. That's foul. And know better. And if you're in the church and don't know better, that just means you're not in your word. And you're in church for all the wrong reasons. I challenge each and every one of you. I told my daughter the other day, yesterday in fact, we were walking in Walmart. See, I can go to Walmart because I go to church. 
We were walking in Walmart, and she asked me something, and she said, and I said, this, well, the right thing to do is this. And she said, the right thing to do ain't always the fun thing to do. And I said, yeah, baby, but it's the grown thing to do. You're 10 now. You don't get away with what you used to get away with when you were seven. Some of you have been sitting in here for too long. Some of you out there watching for too long to be still where you are. Amen? Amen. 